Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. Well, I am very pleased to introduce somebody that that I actually call sometimes the Pastor Energizer Bunny, and you're going to see what I mean in just a minute. But this is uh, Dr. Joel Beakey. And uh, Joel, thank you for taking a few minutes to, to talk with us this morning. It's great to be with you, Randy. Thank you so much. Let me tell you just a little bit more about uh, our guest, Joel Beakey. It's spelled B-E-E-K-E. He came to faith in Christ at age 14, but he's pastored then for more than 40 years in three churches. He is currently president and professor of systematic theology and homiletics at Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary, which is located uh, here in the uh, Grand Rapids area. He's the pastor of Heritage Reformed Congregation also here. Uh, been that since 1986. He's editor of Puritan Reform Journal and Banner of Sovereign Grace Truth, editorial director of Reformation Heritage Books, which is a, a big, uh, growing organization, president of Inheritance Publishers, and vice president of the Dutch Reform Translation Society. Now, that's an interesting thing I didn't know about. Anyhow, uh, in, just to prove that he is the Energizer Bunny as a pastor and leader, he's something else. He has written and co-authored 100 books, most recently Reformed Systematic Theology, Reformed Preaching, Preaching God's Word from the Heart of the Preacher to the Heart of His People, a Puritan Theology, Doctrine for Life, Knowing and Growing in Assurance, and Debated Issues in Sovereign Predestination edited another 100 books, including mine, um, and contributed 25 articles to Reformed books, journals, periodicals, encyclopedias. He's working currently on a systematic theology. I wonder if that's the book that you just did, and a book on preaching from the preacher's heart to the listener's heart. Uh, Background, uh, education-wise, PhD is in Reformation and post-Reformation theology from Westminster Theological Seminary, which is in Philadelphia. Uh, frequently called to lecture at seminaries and speak at Reformed conferences, not just in this country, but around the world in dozens of countries. He and his, he and his dear wife, Mary, have been blessed with three children and now have four grandkids. So again, welcome. <laughs> that takes Good. a while to describe all you do, man. makes me tired just thinking about all you do, my man. My hey, I got, I got a good thing to tell you, Randy. What's you that? Love, you love children and grandchildren, so... You you read it you read a description there that was a year old that you, you oh oh uh, but um, we or two years old maybe okay. so now we have nine grandchildren woohoo <laughs> so they're coming in and the oldest is six isn't that great oh that is amazing all these little kids on our lap well we don't we don't know much about grandkids of course uh, Joel we only have <laughs> we only have thirty five so you know. <laughs> And another on the I have, way. I have a brother with 13 children. Wow. And they're all married. Uh, and he's got 55 grandchildren. And wow. Great grandchildren. Isn't that so? He's only 75 years old. 
Well, that's how old I am. So come on, we're, really? we're partners here. Yeah, yeah, he's ahead of you. <laughs> Not many people can say that. We we got one great grandchild now, but that's been kind of fun. But uh, you yeah. know, it says in Proverbs, uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase the proverb, but it's so true. <clears throat> it says, "The glory of a child is their father, but the glory of a man are their grandkids." Yeah, I used yeah. to see that in court as a juvenile court judge. You know, we'd we'd preside over confirmations of adoption. And I'd ask the grandparents that were in the courtroom, I said, now, do you love your natural grandkids more than you love these adopted ones? And they got mad at me for even suggesting that. Are you <laughs> kidding me? They love those grandkids. So anyhow, thanks for being here. And just want to just spend a few minutes just talking about the, the state of, of where uh, particularly the American church is at this point, Joel. Again, you travel around the world, you get to see different cultures, churches in different nations, and that sort of thing. And let me just point blank ask you, how healthy would you say uh, is the, the American church in general today? How healthy is it? How how much is it just fully engaged, you know, serving the Lord and doing what he would have us to do? Not very healthy, my brother. So uh -huh. I, just, I, say it, I say it was with tears. Mm. Uh, I, I believe I believe that the Church of Jesus Christ is the bride of Christ, and we should never criticize her lightly. But there are times we have to criticize her, but then we have to do it like Jeremiah with a, with tears and say, yes. "Woe, complain yes. of the daughter of my people." Oh. Um, and I, I, I grieve I grieve over that. Uh, and, and yet I look I look in church history, my PhDs in church history, and. I really have to say that there were times of tremendous bright spots of revival, as you know, where tens of thousands were impacted. But in general, the really godly churches that are really grounded in the scriptures and people are living lives of holiness to match what we read in the scriptures, they've always been a remnant. Mm. So what's encouraging to me in the midst of Huge discouragement because the church has gone very worldly, but and, and straight from scripture in general. But there is a godly remnant that seems to be growing in America hmm. that is really earnest about following the scriptures in all areas. So I put it this way the godly, which are a minority, but the godly are becoming more godly, and the ungodly are becoming, which are a majority, are becoming more ungodly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and our culture is definitely, I mean, it's, it's isn't it amazing to you how quickly oh. a culture can degrade? I mean, how many years ago did Congress you know, pass a law, it was signed into law by, I think it was uh, Clinton, uh, about, you know, what marriage is, you know, right. Defense of Marriage Act. And we're just no longer, you know, gender is what you feel it is and same-sex marriage and those sorts of things. And it's yeah, growing increasingly ungodly. And how is that impacting the church would be, you know, part of the question. Yeah. So when the church abandons grounding everything in Scripture, <clears throat> in church history, it's always been the same. The church will follow the world about 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Church is a little bit behind the world, of course, but you'll see churches all over, you know, with uh, 
rainbow flags and they, they want to promote and homosexuality, mm -hmm. transgenderism, critical race theory. <laughs> there, there's no end to it. Yeah. And it's just astonishing when you compare these movements with scripture. Yes. God calls these things abomination. Mm -hmm. And these are churches that are supposed to be grounded in the word of God. So, yeah, but it's 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 grieving. It's grieving. And it it, it burdens me. Uh, it's a matter of prayer every day. Mm. And yet, I go back to what I said before. Mm -hmm. I'm encouraged on, at the same time because I see, you know, I do a conference somewhere, not only in America, but many places around the world. Europe, Europe's an exception. Mm -hmm. Often the conferences are smaller there. But you come back three, four years later, and there's another 100, there's another 500 people there. And the Spanish-speaking world right now is exploding with people coming to a robust, reformed, biblical faith mm -hmm. and really finding the Lord and, and rejoicing in Him. And so... In the circles I move in, I find more encouragement than discouragement. But of mm -hmm. course, worldly churches don't invite me to speak. Sure, sure. Well, that's good, yeah. though. That's encouraging. That's great. So, you know, we do have this, as you say, the, the, there's a remnant of, of legitimate Bible-believing, following, courageous Christians that's growing, but also the other side is yeah. there and you know the the again those that hold to a biblical viewpoint again we're to be loving we're not to be haters but you know Jesus came full of two you know two things it says you know came full of grace yes and truth yeah and and those that you know as we espouse as we teach what bible the bible teaches about what marriage is and and where, where sex is to be confined in the marriage between a man and a woman and about abortion and so on we're increasingly being labeled by you know culture as haters and you know that we discriminate is that going to grow do you think to the point where actual like in many of the countries that you may visit or at least know about where there's actual persecution of those that hold to a biblical perspective. Oh, I, I, think. I, I think so. I think so. You know, the godly becoming more godly and the ungodly becoming more ungodly. Mm -hmm. It's really what our forefathers called the antithesis. And many of them even wrote centuries ago mm -hmm. that in the end times, this antithesis would become sharper. But just to encourage you, Randy, uh, just, you know, just a week or two ago here, um, I did three back-to-back -back conferences with my wife. One was in Tennessee, 400 people, but they were very spiritually alive and mm -hmm. godly people buying books left and right, yep. and wanting to grow. And uh, we went straight from there to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. Sure. And there's a conference there of 1,200 church pastors and leaders, and they wanted me to speak on um, how to do family worship and 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 uh, how how ministers should lead their families, and we had a, we had a book table out there, several, several book vendors. We had our family worship Bible guide up there, spoke of family worship. We had three hundred copies there, thinking that they would last through the conference. Well, one hour, two hours later, they're gone. All three hundred. Wow. Uh, I mean, you, if you sense palpably when people go to the book table, you sense their hunger. Mm. They want these books. They're reading them. Their their family worship is being transformed. And straight from there, I couldn't stay for the whole conference. I flew out to uh, John MacArthur's church in California, right. where he, he put on for us, actually, 
but we did it as a combined effort. Um, the the premier Puritan conference, you know, the Puritans were, of course, probably the most godly group of people for 150 years that the, that the world's ever known. They get caricatured all the time, but hmm. people never read them. But people who actually read them feel the rich spiritual substance. There's 2,000 some people at that conference from 15 different countries. Mm-hmm. People online from thousands more people online from 162 countries. Wow. And we were just surrounded. Our, our little table sold $30,000 worth of books, not counting. I mean, it's a nonprofit ministry, so they're cheap, but not counting all the other book, book vendors around us. Mm. I mean, so see, that's a window that a lot of people don't get a chance to see, which I find very, very encouraging, and yep. that those numbers are growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in America, like I said, not in Europe, but in America. And so I'm hoping and praying, and I want you to do that with me, who's ever listening here, that Americans will wake up by the Holy Spirit of God, see how extreme, how insane all of this junk is that's going on today, pushing aberrational unbiblical mm-hmm. uh, ideologies and, and, and sexualities and and say enough is enough we got to turn back to the bible mm-hmm. and I, I think that's what we're, we're we're praying for and god is able to do that yes at the same time i'm praying i'm praying every day lord please have mercy in this nation that we don't entirely self-destruct Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if God could save Sodom and Gomorrah, if there were 10, 10 righteous, you know, we still have hundreds of thousands, hopefully several million yes. people in this country who are very serious about yeah. God and living for him and for his yes. glory. Yes. And um, yeah. you know, we need to, we need to, the concerning thing is that, you know, we had a prayer meeting last night and I, I love my church, but. I just want to say everyone out at that prayer meeting, you know, we're we're in desperate need. Yes. And we need the Lord. We need to pray and cry out, mm-hmm. Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. Rend the heavens yes. and come yes. down. Yes. You know? Yes. And, yes. And visit thy vine and restore bro- her broken hedges and send, you know, one of my, my, my most urgent prayers lately that's been burdening me is, is Lord, send us a great awakening Bigger and better than the first great awakening. I love it. I love it, Joel. Yes. So prayer. Let's just go there for a second. Uh, you, you've mentioned the word prayer and pray about 25 times in the last uh, few minutes. <laughs> Obviously, you are a man of prayer. How important are our prayers? Again, your background is Puritan Reformed. You're about the, you know, the, the sovereignty of God and so on. So why pray? I mean, he's sovereign, isn't you know? Isn't that enough? I, I'm I'm pushing back on you, obviously. Oh, of course. No, that's you know right. what I mean. I, 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 you're, you're Talk to me. Soft, Talk to me about me a softball there. Talk to uh, me about prayer. Come on. Okay. Okay. So, what many people don't realize when they think of Calvinism, think of the Reformed faith, think of yeah. God's sovereignty, is that this is not a robotic, capricious sovereignty. But what the reformers and Puritans were saying is God, the center of their theology really revolves around this, that God is a fatherly, sovereign God. I and he it. works through means. And one of the greatest means he works through is the prayers of his people. 
I love it. So I, I see prayer as, 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 as a beautiful Trinitarian thing. And let me, I don't know if this works, but I'm going to put my hand up here. Yep. Prayer is decreed by God the Father. So if you're going to pray a true prayer, it's decreed by God the Father from eternity past. And then it gets, go down on the right side of the circle here. It gets merited by his son who merits our prayers through the shedding of his own blood because we would never pray uh, truly without God. And then coming down to the bottom of the circle, the Holy Spirit groans within us, the groanings that are unutterable. And then that prayer goes back up through the Son who sanctifies it and salts it with the salt of his own sufferings and presents it to his Father acceptable in his sight. So it's a whole chain that goes from Father to Son to Spirit back to Son to Father. And that's what Paul's getting at in Ephesians um, 3, 18, where, or 2, 18, yeah, 2, 18 where he says that we, we have access to God through Christ by the Spirit. Hmm. So when you truly pray as a Christian, you're engaging the triune God, and he's praying in you and through you. This is a beautiful, glorious thing of sweet communion for your own soul, even if you never get your prayer answered. Uh, like one Puritan, William Bridge said, "'Tis a mercy to pray, though I never receive the mercy prayed for." But if you get the prayer answered, you see, then it's all the more sweet. Uh, Bishop Joseph Hall said 400 years ago, I love this quote, good prayers never come weeping back. I either get what I prayed for or I receive what I should have prayed for in the first place. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, you think of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, how he, again, here's a guy that wrote much of the New Testament. And he has this thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment him. Now, that, that's theologically, even by itself, is pretty complicated for, for the, the likes of me. But then he pleads with the Lord three times to take it away. And yeah. what does God say? My strength is made perfect yeah. in weakness. Yeah. So he says, all right, I'm going to rejoice then. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. amazing. And God is really saying... God is really saying there between the lines, and yeah. elsewhere he says it explicitly, that you, this affliction for you, Paul, is good for you because it makes you dependent on me, and it makes you glorify me all the more. Yeah. And anything that makes you glorify me is worth the price. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow, that is so amazing. That's cool. Well, let's talk for just for a minute. It just maybe one of our last things that we have time for right now is the unity of the true church. Again, you 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 study, you know, your PhD and you know, you're you're into Puritan reform theological seminary. Um you, you know, you're very much into the theological perspective of things, you know, you've written the book on systematic theology. Obviously, there's a lot of true born again followers of Christ that have a slightly different take on some theological issues. Again, the, the basics, you know, Christ dying for our sins, uh, you know, the, 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 the moral laws, you know, the Ten Commandments and so on. I mean, they, they apply, but there are going to be some disagreements on some of the spiritual gifts, going to be some disagreements on baptism, perhaps, you know, and those sorts of, of details. Could I use that term? But the unity, I'm thinking of John 17 in Jesus' uh, high priestly prayer, 
verses 20 through 23. Let me just quickly read that. My prayer is not for them alone, is the, the, the current uh, Christians. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that would be us, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then, amazing promise, then with that unity, the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Well, what's your take on the unity of the church? What, what's it, what, is that important? Yeah. And yeah, what well, is it going to take? Okay. Yeah, of course, it's very, very important. In fact, I just edited a two-volume work by a Puritan named Anthony Burgess. The subtitle is 145 Sermons on John 17. Wow. It's, it's over a thousand <laughs> pages. And a, a good chunk of that book, probably 200 and some pages, is on the unity of the church. Okay. And uh, Burgess, I, I would echo Burgess's thoughts here because I, I agree with him completely. So there's three things he's saying that we've got to remember here. One is, there is a real spiritual unity of every true believer all around the globe. We call that the invisible church. Yes, even, yes. Even though we may be in different denominations, mm -hmm. uh, and even though we may disagree on some non-essentials. Yes, the, yes. Not saying that those non-essentials are unimportant, but some of them, some of them are. So, but some of them are fairly important. Mm -hmm. But they should not divide Christians. That's so good. You're one in spirit. You 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 live out of the atoning blood of Christ alone. Mm -hmm. Believe that you're saved by grace alone. I mean, these are essentials. Yes. Now, second level, it, it's interesting. Um, the Puritans would say that even though sin causes division and ideally we would like to have one denomination all over the world mm -hmm. or there won't be any denominations because we'd just be one christian church sure sure um, and and that's what heaven will be right? that's exactly right so but here's here's what they said and i i found this fascinating now i've got two brothers they're both really spiritual godly men. I've got spiritual unity with them. Mm -hmm. But they don't live in the same house I live in. Right. You know, is it bad for brothers who are really essentially united to live in different houses? Mm. So I, I don't know if it's really such a bad thing that we have denominations. What is a bad thing is when brothers who are really, really united in heart um, make the non-essentials into essentials and start beating up on each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I preach in a number of places where I don't agree with everything that all these churches do. Sure. But I'm invited to preach the word of God. And they don't tell me, I, I've never gone to a place in my entire life where I've changed my message to fit the particular group of mm -hmm. people. Or I just preach the gospel in, in its fullness, the whole counsel of God. I do it in a reform way because I believe that's the best sure. way to do it yep. in accord with what the Bible says. Yep. But I find when you do that, there is an amazing response from the people that you're united. You're not focusing on the smaller things. You're, you're bringing the full and the rich and the free gospel. So that's the second thing. There's a unity that way. Now, the third thing they would say, and I would agree with that too, 
is that sin is what destroys this unity. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, just like we weep over the church, we don't talk casually about her. So we ought to weep over the lack of unity between brethren who ought to be speaking heart to heart together. Amen. Amen. Putting each other down on the internet and doing exactly the opposite of what Jesus said. Yes. You know, I mean, if you, if I have something against you, Randy, I'm not going to go on the internet and, and smear your name and get That's into right. this battle and the whole world sees, yep. oh, Randy and Joel, don't get yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to come to you privately. That's right. Matthew, Matthew 18. Matthew 18, right? Yeah. So, I think I think there's there's too much a spirit of the world today in the yes. church. Yes. That angry spirit, that fighting spirit. Yes. Instead of the brotherly, loving Christian spirit. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm mistaken in many areas. And and who am I to to, to charging after a fellow brother yeah. who essentially has a faith that differs from me in one or two small areas? Yes, yes. I love that. That's so good. Well, Joel. If you could somehow, this this is maybe a tough little question here, but let's say you had the ability to communicate with every truly blood-bought follower of Jesus in America today. I mean, they're really Christians, and they have a desire in their heart to want to be all that God wants them to be. They don't want to come to the end of their life and say, oops, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, I didn't give all to, to God. Um what what would you say to encourage them or to 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 suggest to them to do or not to do or whatever? Do you have anything you'd like to just to to to, to encourage them to to tell them? Oh, oh, well, that's a great question. I, yeah, I would say first of all, you know, maintain by the grace of God that close life with God. Yes, through reading His Word, through prayer, and buttress it with close communion with the saints, the godly who can stir each other up, as well as reading sound literature. And I, I really recommend the Puritans. They're so godly. And the, when people read the Puritans, I'll tell you their level of holiness, I've seen it in every congregation I serve, actually goes up tangibly because they search you, they encourage you, they comfort you, they allure you, they challenge you. Hmm. And I, I would also say, uh, this is a, a major Puritan theme as well, I would also say, as concerned as we are and we ought to be about our nation and our world and about mm-hmm. the wickedness, and as much as that ought to burden us, don't forget the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. We are walking through Vanity Fair, this <laughs> world, on our way as pilgrims to glory. And we need to make pilgrims progress. <laughs> I love it. To be I love Christian. it. Yes. We need to have friends around us, like faithful and hopeful and pilgrims progress. And to walk together. And sometimes we're going to be beat up like they were thrown into giant despair. But Christ is going to bring you through. So don't despair. My God shall supply all your need in Christ Jesus, our Lord, according to his grace. Philippians 4.19. I love it. Press on. He'll help you. He'll bless you. But don't stray from him. Don't backslide. Don't and don't wink at sin. And and don't 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 flirt with sin and, and get off of that miserable. TV, watching those movies with sin spewing out of it. Do godly stuff and, and treat every minute of your time as, as, as more precious than gold and, and live for the Lord. Live solely Deo Gloria. 
and serve him and fear him and love him and center upon him through his son, live in Christ and by Christ and through Christ and to Christ and for Christ. Say with Paul, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And just give your whole life to that. And the holiness that will that God will work in you when you surrender everything to him will bring you happiness, true happiness. You don't get happiness by looking for happiness. You get happiness by obeying the Lord, by living out of him, by pursuing holiness. Happiness is the granddaughter of true Christian living, and it's the daughter of true holiness. That is profound, brother. That's I love it. How about closing us in prayer? Would you do that? Sure, sure. Great God of heaven, as always, I, I love this brother, Randy Heckman, and I love speaking with him, and I, I love his heart of love for thee, and I do pray that those who are true Christians all throughout this land may storm the mercy seat in private, may storm the mercy seat at church prayer meetings or in small groups mm. for our needy, needy nation, and that, Lord, thou wouldst hear from heaven mm. and in wrath remember mercy, have yes. mercy upon our land. Also, with regard to the upcoming elections in just a, just, just a matter of days, mm. I pray that all those who would promote a, a baby-killing mm. uh, agenda and uh, a, a sexually illicit agenda mm. and a critical race agenda to seek to divide people in America, that those candidates would be defeated mm. and that those who would uphold biblical morality and yearn to have this nation walk in truth, mm. even if only in common grace, but especially, Lord, in saving grace, that they would be elected, that genuine Christians would be put in places of power, mm. and that thou wouldst keep them and preserve them, mm. uh, despite all the temptations, and use them to uh, promote laws and agendas that would bring thee glory and do the nation real good. Hmm. And uh, Lord, I pray that thou wouldst give us national repentance, for we are we we deserve everything that's coming upon us. Yeah. We're we're a bold, we're a angry, we're a self-centered people hmm. as a nation. And we need to be humbled. We need we need repentance. We need yes. true faith in Christ. We need yes. We need revival, Lord. We need a great awakening greater Amen. than the first great awakening. Amen. Lord, thou hast come in ages past, in times of darkness, in times of midnight darkness, and thou hast revived this land. Do it again, O Lord. Do as thou hast said. Do as thou hast promised. Yes. Be a wonder-working God. Do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Yes. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, thank you so much, Joel. Yeah, it's, good to be with you, Randy. It's been a treat. It's been a while, and it's it's just fun to, to hear you, to see your heart. And God, richly bless you, brother. Richly bless you and your you ministry. Too. And bless, okay. you, bless that good wife of yours, too. And, yeah, and, you're, you and well. your, your two quivers full of children and your grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> God bless. Bye. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. 
That's grandawakening.org.